Good morning. How's everyone today? Wonderful. All right. Almost a full house this morning at 9 o'clock. Thank you for getting up this morning and coming out to the house of God. It's a beautiful time. So um, this month is Black History Month. And at the Northside Madison campus, we've um, been celebrating and recognizing just some of the leaders um, from, the, from the past who have laid the foundation and opened the path um, for us, for me, for many of us to be doing what we're doing here today. And so today, I want to share some um, excerpts from an article called America's Persecuted Church. And it talks about the, the black enslaved Christian. And I just want to read some excerpts from that. African-American enslaved Christians bore witness to the gospel despite the threat of punishment at the hands of fellow Christians. Slave Christians suffered severe punishment if they were caught attending secret prayer meetings, which whites outlawed as a threat to social order. And yet they endured suffering rather than forsake worship. Slaves suffered willingly because their secret liturgies constituted the heart and source of slave spiritual life. The sacred time when they brought their sufferings to God and experienced the amazing transformation of their sadness into joy. That speaks to my heart. Not to put a guilt or anything, but just to put a truth of what my ancestors came through and suffered so they could serve Christ. It didn't matter what they were facing. They would rather be punished than to forsake coming together and worshiping. What a truth and what a gift. Amen. So our series, Upside Down, Upside down. You know, it's not always how you start, but it's how you finish, right? It's not always how you start something, it's how you finish. Well, in 2017, Super Bowl 51, you all recall that at halftime or in the third quarter, the Atlanta Falcons versus the New England Patriots Two minutes left, it was 28 to three. New England Patriots started out sloppy, lazy, unenthused. And the Falcons, they could see themselves hoisting the trophy. Yeah, our first Super Bowl. Woo, we are whipping these guys' butt. Yes, we are. Three quarters, 28 to three, no way. They're coming back. And something happened. Atlanta Falcons got lazy and sloppy. And the New England Patriots woke up. Say, do you know who we are? We got to do something about this. By the end of the game, overtime, wow, look at that. 34 to 28. The Falcons did not move. And Atlanta scored, um, the Patriots scored 31 unanswered points. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. My favorite in 2022, 
halftime, it was 33 to zero. 33 to zero. I refused to watch this game. When I saw the score going 7 to 0, 10 0, 17 0, 33, I was like, I hate this team. I'm switching to the Packers. Not. By the end of the game, woo 39 to 36 overtime Vikings. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. The Apostle Paul, persecutor, co-conspirator, Pharisee, chief sinner. Saul was his name. He became the apostle, teacher, leader, writer, founder of many churches, responsible for most of the New Testament. It's not how Saul, Paul started, it's how he finished. And we're going to see here as Paul prepares his sort of farewell to the elders in Ephesus. Many would have written Paul off. Many would have written me off. Many would have written you off because you got started on the wrong foot or because you tripped out of the blocks or because you didn't start out the way they wanted you to, but you hung in there. You hung in there, and you're finishing. So we want you to be able to finish strong. Now, we're going to be looking at Acts 20. In Acts 20, it really records the last stages of Paul's third missionary journey. Through this, um, verses 1 through 16, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm going to read um, some of the later verses, but verses 1 through 16, you'll see um, after the riots, Paul went to Macedonia. He spent three months in Greece giving exhortation. He was accompanied by um, seven companions into Asia. He entered Troas for seven days. He broke bread with the disciples. Paul was in a house in the upper room. He was speaking. He was preaching for a very long time that a young man named Eutychus fell into a deep sleep. Now, you all better not do that this morning. <laughs> all right? You better not. If, if you see your neighbor fall into a deep you just nudge him and say, wake up. All right? Okay? Eutychus fell into a deep sleep, and he falls to his death from a, from a third-story loft. Paul goes down. He embraces him, and he raises him up. He says, his life is in him. Paul goes back to speak again for a long time. He speaks until midnight. What about these long preachers, huh? Yeah, I better watch the time too, yeah. Um, Paul aim, his aim is to get, to get to Jerusalem for Pentecost. He walks from Troas to Asos, which is about a 20-mile trip, and he prepares for his farewell to the Ephesian elders. So this is where we are, Acts chapter 20. If you can please grab your Bibles, your iPads, your iPhones, or your eyeglasses, and let's stand for the reading of God's holy word. We're going to start at verse 17. Verse 17. You got it? If you have to sit down in the midst of it, that's okay, all right? 
From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among, um, none, none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he, brought, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit to you, God, and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Your word is so sweet. Your word is powerful. Your word is truth, and your word never fails. Oh, we just honor you, God, for um, what you have prepared for our hearts today. So, Lord, we hear, and we will be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Greetings to you online. Thank you so much for joining us as um, we are here. Um, thank you, and greetings to the chapel, to DeForest, and to Northside Madison this morning as we look into God's word. My title today is Farewell, Finish Strong. Farewell, Finish Strong. Our goal today is to know that your life sets an example to those who watch you and follow you. So be humble, be present, be strong, and be led by the Holy Spirit. Hey. Farewell, Paul is saying, and finish strong. So important for Paul's message to get to the elders and to the church that he will be gone. And he is finishing strong. 
And he wants them to pick up and to build on what he has laid so they can finish strong. But focusing on Paul and what Paul was able to accomplish, the struggles, the testing that he went through, the, uh, the opposition that he went through by, by the Jews and by other leaders. But Paul hung in there because he said, my, work, my life is not worth. He says, it's more for me to preach and not to hesitate to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he looks inside himself and he sees and he gets that inner strength, that strength not not by his own strength, but by the strength of the Holy Spirit. And he is able to complete his mission. Remember, this is the end of his third missionary journey where he's traveled miles and miles through hardships, through questions, through uncertainties, through physical pain, through bad weather, through storms, but he's still finishing with authority. Look at this. It says, from Miletus, from Miletus, he sent for the elders. He sent for the elders of the church. He says, when they arrived, he said, you know how I lived. That's important. Why is it important for Paul to say that? Why is it important for us to realize, and Paul is saying, you know how I live. Well, basically, Paul is saying, my life has been a living testimony for you. Do you realize that your life is a story? Your life is a testimony for those who are watching you, for those who are listening to you, for those who are following you? He said, you know how I live. There's no question. You cannot question my faithfulness, my loyalty, my persistence, my insistence to preach the gospel. You know that I didn't just preach it, but I lived it. I didn't just tell you what to do. I showed you. I'm a living example. Now, he's he's not boasting in himself. He's just laying down the truth foundation. You know how I lived. My life is my testimony. It's my story. I served the Lord with great humility, tears, and through testing. I come through some of the roughest things. I've come through some of the toughest challenges. But I kept going. When it looked like there was no hope, when it looked like it was the end, when it looks like they got me now, there's no escape. God came through. Through tears, through testing, through trials. Troubled on every side. Distress. Destroyed. Even trying to trying to take everything from him. But Paul was never forsaken. God was with him. God is with you. When you are pressing and trying to get to the end or whatever it is that you're going through, God is with you. He says, I serve the Lord. Great humility, great humility. I never hesitated to preach. 
from what you remember, do you ever remember Paul taking the back seat or taking the back seat? Oh, I, 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 better not, I better not talk about Jesus. He never hesitated. Now, he was always led by the Holy Spirit. There were places he could not go because the Holy Spirit didn't allow him to go. But wherever the Holy Spirit took him and allowed him, and whether it was in the synagogues or it was out in, in, in the city or in the town or in the marketplace, he preached Jesus. Never hesitated to preach Jesus. He wrote to uh, Timothy in uh, 2 Timothy 4 and 2. He says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instructions. What's this word? Don't hesitate, folks. Wherever it is that you are, wherever it is that you're transitioning from, wherever it is that you're leaving, give your farewell, but finish strong. Finish strong. Paul said, I have declared to the Jews and Greeks, no prejudice here. Didn't matter who it was. I have declared to them that they must turn to God. They must turn to God. They must repent. Repent means to turn, right? It means to turn. And if you're turning, what are you turning to? When you turn, you turn to God. When you repent, you leave those things behind and you turn to God so you can follow him. Paul said, I, I, I never hesitated to, to, to tell you to turn to God, repent, and have faith in Jesus. See, when it all came down, there was only one place that Paul was pointing. When he talks about his tears, when he talks about his humility, when he talks about his testing, when he talks about his trouble, there was one place Paul was left pointing to. And where was that? Where was that? Jesus. Jesus. That was his total purpose. It's not about me. It's not about what I've accomplished. It's not about all the churches that I established. It's not about the hundreds and hundreds of miles that I sailed. It's about Jesus. And Paul, when God met him on that road to Damascus and saved him and told him now to go and, and to preach the gospel to, uh, to, to the Jews, to the Greeks, when God, to the Gentiles, when God gave him that mission, he started out. He was wondering if they would ever believe him because of what he did in his past. He was wondering if they would receive him, if they would accept him into the brotherhood. But once Paul got started, he never looked back. And now he comes to the end where he gives his farewell and he's finishing with some power. He's finishing with confidence. It goes on. Verse 22 says, I'm compelled by the spirit that I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Listen to his boldness. I don't know what's going to happen to me in Jerusalem, but I'm going. He says that the, the Holy Spirit, he says, I know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Now, how many of us <laughs> will be bold and be excited and be going when we know that prison and hardship is facing us? Not me. I would have to think about this. I don't know. I did enough. I, maybe I don't have to do anymore. But he knew that Preaching the gospel 
was controversial. He knew that it caused this a ruckus. It caused riots and all kinds of things to happen. So he knew he was faced with prison. He's been in prison before, right? He, he, he knows God delivered them, him and Silas. God delivered them out of prison. He's been in hardships before. But he's also seen the Holy Spirit get him out of trouble. He's also seen the Holy Spirit make a way of escape. He's also seen the Holy Spirit move the, 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 the uh, prison bars and the handcuffs and all of that. He's seen the Holy Spirit heal and deliver. Hallelujah. He's seen the Holy Spirit cast out evil spirits. So Paul wasn't concerned about the hardships or about the prison. He said, because I consider my life worth nothing to me. Ooh. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. And what is that task, folks? The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Listen to Brother Paul. He says here, I have, in, in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You know his farewell. Um, he reminds us that his life is not worth it. It's not worth anything to him. Because preaching the gospel is what he's passionate about. Preaching the good news is what's inside of him. Preaching the good news is what gets him up in the morning and gets him along his day. And when he can, you know, remember he was just preaching all night long until midnight until Eutychus fell asleep and, and fell down and died. And Paul said, oh, I can't be responsible for this death because of my preaching. I'm going to go heal this boy. I'm going to go raise him up. That was the passion. That was the drive. That was the Holy Spirit moving in Paul. He says, I got to finish the race. My aim, finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. And that is my life. My life is a living testimony. My life is a story. My life, people followed me. I told them to follow me as I follow Christ. That is my task. And I'm compelled, force. That means uh, there's a force um, by, by the Holy Spirit, not meaning it made me do it, but a pulling, a pulling down on the inside that this is what I must do. Have you ever felt that before? Something compelling you, something compelling you to call your mother or your brother or your sister or your friend or a, a, a fellow brother or sister in the Lord. Have you, have you ever felt that compelling? Well, that compelling that Paul is talking about is the spirit because he uses a capital S. So we're not talking about a spirit. We're talking about the spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about the spirit that was in that young woman that followed Paul and said, listen to these men. They are teaching the truth. That was some other kind of spirit. The spirit that the Samaritan um, had when, when he was working his witchcraft. This is the Holy Spirit forcing and compelling and drawing and pulling Paul to finish the race and complete his task. It feels good, folks, when I complete a task. Yesterday, my wife was out of town with her friend, and I was at home alone. <laughs> and I had, this, I had this compelling feeling to clean out our laundry room. Yeah. 
you know, dust and you know, all kind of stuff, and I'm on my knees, and I'm cleaning, and I'm scraping, and I'm doing all, you know, no, no glory to me, you know, just doing, doing all. Compel. And I said, oh, I got to get this done before she comes home, because I want her to be proud of me. No, got to get it done. Got to get it done. So she called me. She says, I'm back in Madison. Da, da, da. I was like, oh, Lord. She told me where she is. I said, okay, I got, whoo, put some clothes in there, wash some clothes and all that. Got it all cleaned out. I was determined to finish the task. I was interrupted a couple times. I had my gospel music playing, so I got my motivation going. I was interrupted a couple times. Got hungry. And, uh, but I finished. I finished the task. I completed it. I did it. And she came home. And, of course, you know, she didn't go look in the laundry room. <laughs> So I have to go and tell her, say, honey, come here. Let me show you something. <laughs> and so she comes and she looks and she says, oh, this is so wonderful. You are a great man. You know, all of this. <laughs> I was determined. I was determined. Finished my task. I started it. And I started out like, oh. But when I finished, I finished strong. It looked good in there. <laughs> strong. Yeah. And then I didn't stop there. We had a front closet, and I said, I got to tackle that, too. I finished that. Tackle that. I know I'm telling all our business, a messy, messy closet, you know. Everything in got to come out, right? I'm throwing stuff away. She said, don't throw that away. But your task, you got to finish. You got to come. Even if you don't like it, if God gave it to you, finish your task. Finish strong. Finish with authority. Finish with confidence. Finish so that your life is a testimony to someone. Finish with authority. All right. Let me go on here because I don't got too much time left. Now, Paul goes on. He says, now, verse 32, I commit to you, God, and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs. Paul was a tent maker, all right? He didn't need to be supported by the church and all that. He was a tent maker. He made his own way of living. But then later on we saw, I think, chapter 18, where Paul said he exclusively um, um, put his time to preaching the gospel. So it was a time that he stopped making tents and he exclusively, he just gave himself to preaching the word. And we thank God for that. So he's compelled, finish the race, complete the task. All right. Uh, um, the, 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 the pulling and the, uh, the compelling of the Holy Spirit for him to do it, to preach the good news. Okay. And then he gives his farewell instructions here. He says, keep watch over the flock. Keep watch. That means pray. Pray over the flock. Keep praying for the flock. Uh, Peter says in 5.2, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them. Not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. So keep watch over the flock. Be shepherds of the church. That means feed the church. Feed the church, feed them, instruct them to stay in line, to do the things that God wants them to do, and then be on your guard. Watch out. Now, church, we are in a very 
interesting position right now. We're losing, um, well, I shouldn't say it that way. Our lead pastor's leaving, right? Right? Amen. Right? And so we've got to continue when he says, keep watch over the flock, be shepherds of the church, and be on our guard. Why does Paul say be on the guard? Because he says that when he's gone, he says there will come in savage wolves. In sheep clothing, they will come in and they will turn. They will try to turn you against the truth, against the foundation of God's word that has been laid here at Door Creek Church. And we are to make sure that we are building on the foundation that has been laid for us. We are determined that we will not allow any savage wolves to come in and turn us from the truth. As the word of God says, he says, uh, he, and he said to uh, Timothy, he says, for the time will come where people will not put up with sound doctrine. Folks, have we had sound doctrine here? Amen. Huh? Have we had sound doctrine here? Amen. But instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say with what their itching ears want to hear. We don't want that. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Folks, we have to keep guard. We have to watch not just the, the, the people up on the platform. I'm talking about the church, the members. We got to keep guard. We got to keep watch. We got to be shepherds of God's church. Paul is saying, I'm going away. He said, but I've laid a firm foundation for you to build on. Pastor Mark is going away, but God through him has laid a firm foundation for us to build on. Hallelujah. We have something that God has given us so now we can take forth and we can do what God wants us to do. And that is complete the task, preaching the gospel to all people, not just to one sect of people, but to all people. He has laid the foundation. So now... Finish strong, because your farewell may determine how folks speak of you once you're gone. <laughs> I've learned how to leave jobs. I don't want folks like, whoo, I'm glad he's gone. I want folks saying, I learned a lot from him. He laid a foundation. He left this. He left that. Yes, I want to finish strong. I want to leave a testimony, a story, a foundation. Finish strong because your farewell may be misunderstood sometimes, but God knows his plans that he has for you. Woo! Glory to God. People may not always like, like that you're leaving or that you're gone or they might misunderstand, but God knows his plans for you. God knows his plans for you. Finish strong. Keep racing. Keep running. You ever seen that marathon where the woman her hands up and she grabbed the other lady's hands and they were going across and then the lady behind them just ran and passed them up. <laughs> they didn't finish strong. They finished very arrogantly. But the woman that was running behind them, she finished strong. She finished strong and she passed them up and she won. You got to finish strong. Finish strong because your farewell, it may come with testing, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Right? You might be going through, you might not feel so well, you might be criticized, you might be talked about, but that's all right. Thank you, God. You give me the victory. 
I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Paul knew that his end was coming and God had showed up and God had showed out and God was doing a great thing. And now he's laying it out for the leaders and for the church. Finish strong because your farewell may make you cry, but that's all right. Weeping may endure for a night, but what comes in the morning? Joy comes in the morning. So brothers and sisters, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't peter out. Don't just finish strong. Whatever you're doing, keep pressing. Keep pushing. Keep praying. Keep on because you're leaving a foundation. You're leaving a testimony. You're leaving a story for someone else to fall, to someone else to build on. Thank you, Pastor Mark. I know you don't like to have your name said and things like that, but thank you for laying a foundation through the Holy Spirit working through you so now we have a solid foundation to build on. Give God some praise for that. Farewell, finish strong. Jesus is calling for you. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you have not given your heart to Jesus, your running is in vain. But he's calling and inviting you now to come to him so that you can be saved, so you can know him as your personal savior. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world. You are part of that world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth, whosoever, you're whosoever, believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, there's that word again, shall be saved. If that's you this morning, will you give your heart to Jesus? Will you pray this prayer with me that you will be saved and be a follower of Jesus Christ? Will you pray this prayer with me? Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, the angels in heaven rejoice. And we are thankful to God for you. And we have a um, great resource called What Now? You can pick one of these up at the um, welcome desk. Please fill out a communication card. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time, we want to know that. All right? And drop it in our offering box. Thank you. God bless you. And uh, we look forward to you that are going to be baptized uh, Next week, we thank God and we rejoice with you. Have a wonderful Sunday afternoon, morning and afternoon. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming. <clears throat>